not interested in going back to the beggar elements. Not interested in going back to the taskmasters that are demanding. That's, that has no mercy. Taskmasters that has no compassion. They're going to do anything. They're going to make life more miserable. They won't stop with one addiction. They'll add another one. And then payday will come. Recompense will come. And the whole time I've been on the road with a dead end sign on it. Dead end. And then to leave this life, you exit out off of that dead end road. God's hands tied and his word bound. To leave this life, amen, never have the opportunity. To walk in his presence, to hear him say, well done. We'll be ushered back into his presence. But he won't be for the good. It'd be for that permanent separation and never ever having the opportunity as we have here today to escape such a judgment. Thank God for a church. Thank God for a Bethel. Thank God for a refuge. Thank for God for a tower that we come run into. The righteous has to run to it. There's times the righteous have to run to it. But this tower is going to stand strong. If we'll just get in the tower sometimes and hold on. And let God be God. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. You may be seated. Let, her, let me make a couple of announcements if you don't mind. First of all, I want to just a thank you card from... Ford family on the food and flowers and all the things that you've done for them. Thank you for all the prayers and everything that you, you do for all of us. We really appreciate this. Thank you for the blessings you are and all the happiness you bring. Stacy and kids, Tammy, sis, and family. So just let you know how much they did appreciate that today. Also, let's don't forget, we've got a wedding in October the 9th at 530. It's going to be at Love's Farms. This is from Cole and Chloe, and uh, you're invited to go and be a part of that. So make note of that. Also, don't forget the pastoral anniversary service, Brother Highbleys. It's October the 15th. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you today. Going to let our classes go to the classrooms. Thank God for our children. Thank God for our Sunday school teachers. Uh, their labor and hard work and preparation. Amen. To do something for the Lord, to take out time to give instructions, amen, to the Lord, hallelujah, to be an example unto them. And I'm telling you what, I, I read of examples in the Bible, and we need to be an example. God help us, God help us to do that. Man, the world, the time that we're living, man, praise God, we're living in a time, test and trial. But uh, the faith was going to come through. Anybody that don't have a Sunday school book? Anybody? We've got several up here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yep. 
we definitely want to get them out. We don't want to purchase these things. They are kind of expensive. And we don't want them just sit up here throwing them in trash, things of that nature. So if you want one, like to have one, know someone that like to have one. We'd be glad to give them one. Uh, amen. Let's see people take them, read them. I don't always cover a lot of the areas of these books. So I would encourage you to take them and read them. You like, might like some of it, some of it you may not. But I'll leave that up to you. And uh, it's definitely a little different. Well, we're living in a changing world, aren't we? Man, they change it left and right, changing this, changing that, things of that nature. But I'm glad to be serving an unchanging God. You know what? If you could change God, then you'd change His mercy, His grace, and compassion, change His mind. You would know what to do from one day to the next. But being we're serving an unchanging God, we know every day what God expects of us. I don't have to guess at it. Amen. We know, we know how He wants us to worship Him, how to serve Him. Amen. We want to tune our ears into His voice and uh, obey His orders. Amen. And you know what? Uh, I've really realized it. and been praying this quite a bit, especially lately. God, you helped me. I didn't. I told somebody in the hardware store just this week. I said I didn't come to the church to change the church. I didn't come to God to change God. I didn't come to try to rewrite the Word. I didn't come to try to get, get my own interpretation of it. Amen. I came, amen, because I needed changing. I came because I was in a mess. I knew that I was without hope. I was without life. and Struggling with some things that was going to eat me up if I didn't get some help. That really hasn't changed, has it? As long as we in these earthen vessels and walk upon this earth and deal with uh, circumstances and situations and spirits man it, it's still still there in him direction and um, I tell you we want nothing but the direction of God and, but we're going to see in our lesson today one of the most powerful things that you and I can do obedient to the word doesn't matter what others are doing no matter what it may seem like they're getting by with. God's word hasn't changed. And if God said it was a sin. And if it's in black and white. If it's in black and white. If there's no gray. If there's no. Uh, you know what? I feel like the Lord gave me a little nug to this week. One of the things we're being concerned about is conviction. You know where conviction starts? Where does conviction start? I start losing all the convictions with preaching the doctrines of separation and things of that nature. It will affect you. That's not all. It stops God. He won't bring that conviction. He won't respond. Could it be the reason we don't fear in the year of the conviction? It's because we don't have a real desire, a real passion. He brings me right back to that place of loving God's precepts, God's commandments, God's law, God's word, God's word. I can probably get 100% here this morning and say, hey, don't water it down, preacher. Preach it to me, man. Don't sidestep it. 
from cutting short cutting corners. That's easier said though. <laughs> then when that preacher gets up here and he starts. I know. <laughs> I know. Praise God. But you know what? I can't change it. Because that I'm preaching. <laughs> coming right back here. So we got to live it. We got to believe in it. Got to put our trust in it. So our lesson this morning is about Noah. Noah is one of many of our characters in the Bible, but Noah is one of my favorite men in the Bible. We've given quite a bit, but not near enough. Probably would like to know about Noah and, and the, the process. I mean, after spending 120 years building an ark. Noah spent 120 years to save eight souls. And sometimes we get aggravated because we don't see two or three get the Holy Ghost. And I'm glad God knows. God sees. And um, we want to see, we want to see the mighty hand of the Lord here this morning and uh, through his word. Amen. So we look into this, the focus verses is found in Genesis 6 and 22. Thus did Noah, according to all, that God command it all of it commanded him so did he truth is about God God saves people who obey his word how many is thankful for the word today how many are so thankful and so appreciative that you read it every day not only do you read it every day, but you let it, you let it ingest and, and, and get a hold. That you purpose every day. I want to learn something from you today from your word, God. If there's something I need, something I need to, uh, to be adjusted. And, and there's nothing more powerful than the written word of God. Amen. This thing is very powerful. It, stand, it stands all by itself. Uh, I, I know I've mentioned this the last few weeks. But I'm, I'm more determined today. Man, just what the Bible says. Regardless of what everybody else has to say. Uh, I, heard, I heard just recently. Somebody telling me that they was trying to talk to somebody. And that individual kept telling well that's not for us. And he'd ask him about baptism or a different thing, one thing. Well, that's not for us. I finally looked at the individual. I said, well, then please tell me what is for us. I mean, you just counseled the whole Bible out. You might well just put the way the trash can. It don't even exist. When are we going to be held accountable? We're, we're, in the, we're, we're in this journey. Are we going to be held accountable to this? Now, we are. Regardless of what that guy says. And so Noah, in his generation, in his hour. How many of you believe we're living in a wicked hour? How many of you believe it's... Uh, <laughs> how 
I mean, you believe you can be saved in this generation? Uh, I'm not trying to set you up. I really am not, so don't. But you know what? We know that this generation hadn't arrived. Now, I believe this. I believe it's headed there fast. To Noah's time. To Noah's hour. Even Jesus himself taught us that. He said in the end time it's going to be as the days of Noah. And it was a pretty wicked and violent time. The Bible is going to help us to understand that. So for the first part of this lesson and the most part of it. I'm just going to use the scriptures. And we're going to relate back to the lessons in places and at times. But I'd love to just kind of read the scriptures because... And then the writer brings this out, amen. In the first part of the lesson, he talks about it. When he talks about God warned Noah of the impending judgment, amen. He says, he said, it must be a myth because a good God would never destroy the majority of humanity. I've had people say, God's so loving, why did he destroy everybody? They don't, they don't have a good uh, understanding of what really went on there. And uh, now watch this. Let's go back to our last week's lesson, Cain and Abel. If you just take a quick glimpse over what Cain and Abel both were doing. When both of them came to worship, both of them brought sacrifices. And, and if you're just a quick observation, you think, man, that's good. That's awesome. Man, Cain was sincere. He's he's. he's but God didn't accept it. And God has a right whenever he doesn't want to accept something. And you know what? God don't even have to tell me why he don't accept it. He don't have to. He has, if we'll be honest. Most of the time, really, if I'll just look at me, I know why he didn't. If I just really take the searchlight. I know why he didn't. And I know what to do to get it right. And so as you look at this again, we're going to see a time of Noah's day. Let's, let's look at that. And Genesis 6 chapter, first five verses of what unfolds here and what, what, what Moses is allowed to, to write. God reveals the hinder parts. This is where this comes from. This is Moses' writings. That God reveals it unto him. It says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Can I say this without being offensive? Okay. When you start, <laughs> when you start multiplying people, troubles are going to multiply. Heartaches are going to multiply. Disagreements are going to multiply. You know, some people, you know, and it's been a little while back, and said, man, it seems like we, we, we never went to funerals and never went this and that and back when we was kids. I said, yeah, there was a time whenever you could go from Bendale to Broome at midnight and never meet an automobile, too. There was a time that you could walk five miles along 57 and not see the first light and see the first home, too. And so it's not percentage-wise, there may not be really that many more. It's just instead of having a hundred live here, we got a thousand. And so this 10% of a hundred is only 10, but 10% of a thousand is a hundred. 
So same way with families, and that can be with families. So most large families have more troubles than small families. <laughs> oh, they prompt to, just simply because of multitude of people. And so as, as they was obeying God, God, this is a God's idea now, to replenish the earth, to multiply Adam and Eve. He told the first ones to do this. So we know it's a God's idea, but yet we also understand and realize that it can cause heartaches and it can cause troubles. And so you watch this. How many of us want to run 300? How many of you are willing to take on five or ten people and bottle feed them and, and tend to them and all that spiritually? Because if you're not willing to do that, then you don't want 300. You, So, as they began to multiply and daughters were born unto them, the sons of God, and, and man, I tell you what, there's a lot of different opinions of that one right there. Some believe it was giants as far as possibly angels, but most believe, I know the brother Bishop Odom, he preaches, amen, sons of God, it's just men. But we, we do understand, but they weren't just men, these were as men that was giants. Listen to what it says here. And I think there's something here. Watch this. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men. That they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they chose. I, I need to go to Supreme Courts and tell them right there. You know that right there tells us this same sex mess is not a God. <laughs> At least they knew you know. What to behold. What looks fair. What's attractive. <laughs> this sure wasn't another man. I don't mean to open no cans of worms here, but I'm just... Uh, and the Lord said, and the Lord said, immediately after this, after this played out, after this is written to us, and we, we gain knowledge of this. And, but, 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 but can I say something about this? Uh, let me, let me, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth. This is what... This is what produced from that. This is what came from that. And we know that David had a giant. He had brothers. and So even physically, in a sense, we could talk about this. But I believe there's something more being said here about what people was giving themselves over to. And yielding themselves unto two. And a thing that I've been concerned about and pondering and praying about, especially in the last several months, is the spirit of iniquity. And, and I mentioned this in the last few services, how that even the church, if she's not careful, whenever we know that God promised that we'd be built, amen, upon this rock, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. But, but I, I can't help but be a little concerned about the spirit of iniquity and the effect it's having even upon the apostolic church. Because David makes it plain to us, amen, that where he was born from and from his mother's womb and what was going to mold him. And I was born in sin and shaping in the iniquity. And so the spirit of iniquity, because listen to me this morning, something is shaping everybody under the sound of my voice today. No one's exempt. You can call yourself a believer or not. You can call yourself a son of God or not. But everybody is allowing something, some voice, some spirit. What's this? Or some attitude mold them 
and shape them. This is not an old thing. I mean a new thing. This is an old thing. This has been around as long as humanity's been around. This is something that humanity's always had to deal with. Ever since we lost the battle in the garden. Because we lost that right in the garden. And now everybody is born a man in transgression. Everybody's born with that nature. And that's where it brings us. And I'm going to shove 4,000 years forward. That's when it brings us to that place that you and I must be born again. And without that birth, you and I don't have a chance to outmaneuver and outsmart the spirit of iniquity. That's not all. Pentecost and the one God message cannot just be a head and a mind thing and a memorization. There has to be that born again that takes place even with our own apostolic children. It can't be something they just learned. They got to experience it for themselves and be born again. If not, the spirit of iniquity may not ever take them out of the church, but it can mold them and shape them to get in positions of the church and take the whole church down with them. I'm all right here this morning and a lot of people want to admit, but I'm telling you I'm right. So as we watch this, this moment and this time upon the earth, what begins to unfold and what man was prone to give himself. This happens. I, I'm, I'm sometimes amazed as I watch and read the Bible how quick and how often man will fall from God. Brother Ford was preaching that Sunday night. That's basically what he was telling us. How quick, 40 days after the experience that they had, that out of their own mouths, they, they, it made them so fair. Even Moses said, I quaked a man in the presence of God. But that, that did not hold them for 40 days. I'm sure I'm the only one that's ever left a good, hot, apostolic, moving service to wake up in the morning time. Feel like God's a million miles away and I got a struggle going on it. Almost like I didn't even have that service. So the Bible says there were giants in the earth in those days. What kind of giants were born out of this fellow? Because if you go back and read it closely, they married the daughters that they chose. Does that mean God didn't have nothing to say in it? God's got a, a suitable helpmate for everybody. But if we don't ask Him, so we see something unfolding here. We see, we see things happen. Um, okay, watch this. Where did Ishmael come from? What desire, what passion brought Ishmael upon this earth? What will of God? But Sarah used Hagar. And because out of, of 
whatever we want to say there. We've got this struggle and this battle that's going on even today. There's a lot of all that, okay? So I, time won't allow me. So I just want to... I really hope to help us here today. I, I really do. And so, but when all this unfolded, and giants in the earth in those days and also after that, the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they have bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old and renowned. Mighty men. Mighty men of what? Is he, is he talking about statue here? Or is there a lot more to it? Is there, is there something there that we need, to, we need to get an insight to? Because the next verse says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. The wickedness. And he talks about these statues. talks about these giants and these great men of renown. But wickedness was great in the earth. <laughs> Look how wicked it becomes. That every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's all they thought. Proverb talks about the wicked in heart lays in the bed at nighttime. And, and he phantoms and he dreams about the wickedness he can perform the next day. And when he gets daylight, he gets up in the morning times and begins to pursue that. No more than you and I can be righteous on our own and godly and live a pleasing life. The wicked is not doing what they're doing by themselves either. There is a spirit that moves in that tabernacle. That's a reason they move from one area to the next and from one evil and wickedness. Just like you and I that move from, from holiness to righteousness. The process. A maturity of growing that takes place. It's the reason you're watching such wicked things and ungodly acts and, and what they're telling us. It would blow a lot of our minds probably if we could really look and see some of the wickedness that goes on in our lands. And, and, and we, we, what we observe and see is enough to make us sometimes wonder, I just don't have God's going to put up with all this. But, but, but you and I, see God don't miss any of it as he looks upon this earth and observes what's going on and taking place. And he does. You watch this. Psalms 14, I want to use that four verses there for this morning. I want you to take note. I want you to listen to what, what Psalms 14 one says. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Now watch them. Once they have said that, once they believe that, once they have given themselves over to that, this is what begins to happen. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Not one single one of them. That's the reason it's so important not only to believe that there is a God. But there is a God. If you believe in a God, then we're commanded, amen, in, in, in Hebrews 11th or 6th chapter, amen, to seek this God. And when we seek Him, guess what? He's a reward of them that diligently seeks Him. And so every day, amen, you and I are going to do one or two things. We're going to seek God and the heartbeat of God, the voice of God, the direction of God. And we're going to follow those footsteps. Are we going to let carnality? Are we going to let the spirit of wickedness? Are we going to let other errors or whatever it might be, amen, to bombard our minds? hard to and get us down side roads 
The Lord looked down. Now watch this. This is in Psalms 14 now. 14 and 2. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand. That inner revelation, any understand that there is a God. Watch him. And seek him. You know, one of the biggest, I think, is going to catch a lot of people. Good intentions. I've heard them tell me while they're doing, living the life they're living, me and the man upstairs got it worked out. Like they're best buddies or something. Your buddy will let you do whatever. He even may buy something and help you along with it. But God won't. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm writing some spiritual books. God's going to help us. God's going to help us. Watch this. They are all gone aside. Every single one of them. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge? Who eat up my people as they eat up bread and call not upon the Lord? Are you hearing me this morning? Do you wonder why some of the spiritual battles you're going through today? I'm telling you the spirit of iniquity and wicked people is trying their best, amen, to put the light out. Trying their best, amen, to stop the gospel. They're trying their best to shut the church down. They're trying their best because the devil knows and the world knows. The only hope, amen, this world got but watch it. One glimmer of hope is a church. That's the reason the power of one candle that'll stay lit and seek God and the favor of God and the mercy of God. And it's got to be more than just a Sunday morning, a Sunday night feel good deal. It's got to be more than just a chill bump here and a feel good here. No, man, you've got to seek God day in and day out. It's got to be what's on your mind when you lay your bed at the night, when you get up in the morning time, before your feet ever hit the floor. Hey, hey, there is a God. I want to love him. have fellowship with him relationship with him Titus 3 and 3 watch what he says we've been there we ourselves also were sometime foolish we was like that fool that said there was no God we was foolish People don't like to be talked to like this. I'll just be honest with you. America's let some spirits move in. We want to have it our way. I'm still awed sometimes how people think 
especially when it comes to God. They approach God like there ought not be no lines. We ought to have the liberty to just do what we want to do. Walk like we want to walk, do what we want to. Go where we want to. The writer lesson addresses that. So, so watch some of this. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm fighting that spirit big time. I'm fighting that spirit. Flesh really likes. <laughs> I mean, you remember coming up when you were just kids? Especially at our home. It was, it was different. It was different times, okay? It was just different times. And uh, they, they, we, we didn't have money to spare. And we didn't have... And I'm not trying to paint no pretty picture. But, I mean, a bad, but I'm just telling you, what was fixed on the, on the supper, that's what you ate. And there were no substitutes. And the next thing, whatever you put on your plate, you, was, you ate it. There were some principles there. But you know what? Really, I believe that God, when you start taking that amen from the physical into the spiritual, it ought to be in the same way when you come to the house of God. Amen. Whatever God prepared, whatever God had in the book, whatever God anointed the man of God to preach, you ate it. You took it all. You didn't start dividing it up. You didn't separate and you didn't leave on the table what you didn't like. Honey, you took it all. And sometimes it didn't taste good. But if you was willing to eat it and let it get down on the inside and permeate, amen, your soul and your inward parts, hallelujah, that's what kept the iniquity out. That's what kept envy and strive and bitterness and jealousy and everything else. I'm telling you, I'm fighting the battle against these spirits. This is, this is the world that Noah found himself in. This is the times of where people, this is all they ever thought about. It was continually. It never crossed their minds that there was a God. It never crossed their minds to call on Him or cry out to Him. It never crossed their minds. It never entered. All that entered in was wickedness and evilness. From one, one example, amen, from one, one playing out to another. So we're just getting a little idea of just how wicked and foul that this man called Noah was in. Man, God's going to speak to him. Ephesians 2, again, Ephesians 2 and 1 and 3 says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, who in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. He didn't exempt nobody. We've all been there. The spirit that now worketh. What? What worketh? The spirit that now worketh. In the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversations in time past. The lust of the flesh. The lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature. By nature. The children. Amen. Of wrath and given as others. Let me ask you something. Is it easier. Amen. To tell a lie or truth. Do you have to instruct your babies not to lie. Or do you have to tell them. Come on baby. Come on. Tell the truth. Just our nature, amen, 
It's our nature, amen, to have evil. It's easier to have evil. It's easier to hate than to love. It's what we lost in the garden. It's where he sold us out. But I'm not one of them, amen, just put on. Because you know why? Because I look at myself and say, okay, buddy, how are you doing? You've met Jesus Christ. You've got the Holy Ghost. Before you start jumping on him in the garden, how are you doing? What about the garden of my heart? What a powerful song they sung if you really think about it. God, what if we this morning were the real honesty? Open our hearts up and say, all right, God, walk through the garden of my heart. I'm not going to every chamber you want to walk in. Every room you want to walk in. Every place, every imagination, every thought. Come on, preacher. I'm telling you, folks, the very thoughts. You can't do nothing about him shooting them fiery darts. But I tell you what you can do. You can start pulling them down. That's in the scripture. Pulling them down. In the name of Jesus, I'm putting that under my feet. I'm not going to let that thing stay in there. I'm going to get it under the blood. I'm going to get it under the name of Jesus. I'm a new creation now. A new, I'm not a finished product. I'm a new creation. He's creating me. A right spirit. I'm his workmanship. Come on, I'm preaching to you this morning. We and I are vessels of the Holy Ghost. We're not a done deal yet. Hallelujah, but we're on our way. Thank God for the right foundation, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the baptism in Jesus. But that's not a done deal. There's a process. There's a journey. There's an order. There's a spirit to walk in. And so, as you watch this, time passed, he walked. I'm, I'm, Jeremiah helps us out. Jeremiah 4 and 14. O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness. Paul, and I told him, get up, be baptized, washing away thy sins. I'm going to tell you something. You can hear me out on the airways. If you've got a preacher who tells you you don't have to be baptized, he's lying to you. If you keep following that, you're going to wind up in hell. And that's harsh. I ought not say that like that. But it's the truth according to the Bible. These are not my words. They're God's word. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, these are not my words. They're my Father's word. These are not my words. They're my Father's word. we got to be about the Father's business. I'm not mad at nothing but the devil. And sin. And foul spirits. Ungodliness. Unrighteousness. I'll tell you something else I'm against now. That's disobedience. I'm telling you. It's all about obedience. Our last week's lesson ended up with what? Samuel telling Saul. It's better to obey than to sacrifice. You know what? Even in disobedience, you're going to sacrifice. It's coming. It'll come. God's long-suffering. God's mercy. And thank God He is. I thank God every day for His mercy. Thank God every day for His grace. <laughs> but watch what unfolds here. When God came down, and if you can put it that way, and saw the wickedness and the direction of the people and what they had given themselves over to, what really begins to transpire? 
I, I had some more here. I'm a, let, I, I'll get in the lesson. Let me do this. Jeremiah 14 and 14 says, O Jerusalem, wash thy heart from wickedness that thou mayest be saved. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? How long will thy vain thoughts lodge? That's the reason the church is we are in unity and in one body and the gifts are working, the discernment of spirit. Having that discernment. I won't take the time this morning, but even in the New Testament, some of our apostles, when they when they discerned what spirit that they were of. That's when they responded. We can say what we want to, but the scriptures are very plain. There's a many that can come in sheep clothing and have the attitude and the spirit of a wolf. Claim to be spirits of light, but are not. I'll tell you something. The churches are not it's, not, it's not a political thing. It's not even a business like the world. Oh, I've been told you need to run it like a business. You need to do this, you need to do that. Church ain't the same way. First of all, we're all volunteers. If you're being forced or driven by some form, and it's not out of love and love for God and love then it's, you're building on the wrong sand. No, you're building on sand. That's right. You're building on the wrong foundation. Because, what's this? I don't have a ministry. And I, I'm not trying to play games with words here. Because it's not about me. It's about him. It's about me persuading people. Who Jesus is. And what Jesus can do for them. And it's Jesus business. How long it may take in the process. Because God knows. I don't. You know what? I'm glad God don't tell us everything. Because we couldn't handle We can't hardly handle what we do know. <laughs> you think you know a lot about an individual. But you'd be shocked how much you really don't know. And you better be thankful you don't know. See, that's the best thing to do when gossip comes your way. Say, I don't want to know about that. Boy, I'm digging. I tell you, I've got some. You want to trade places? And so, if, again, Psalm 66. 18, I regard iniquity if, I'm sorry, if I regard iniquity in my heart. You know what he's saying? If I approve of it, if I behold it, if I enjoy it. But thy law, 
to our love. <laughs> and I'm tell you something. I really believe the Lord's working on me about that right there. Loving the commandments. Loving the separation. No regret whatsoever in what God has instructed us out of this book, how to live, that would be pleasing unto him. No regret whatsoever of places that he encourages us as Holy Ghost-filled people not to entertain and get caught up in and drawn into. We can't isolate ourselves, but at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, you can't wait out there in amongst all of them. That's one thing about it. The Bible says not to make provision for the flesh. There's some things you just, you, you, you got to make sure I'm going to stay away from that. I'm not going there now. So. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. We'll give you one example of what's going on here. The first king that Israel ever had. Y'all know the story? I don't have time to go into all of it. I'm trying to get with Noah here. Saul. Watch this. When you go to 1 Samuel... 15, 10, and 3. And there came the word of the Lord unto Samuel saying. It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king. For he has turned back from following me. These are the words of God unto Samuel. Saul quit following me. He didn't obey me. He didn't go through with my commandments. You know the story. I'm not going to go through all that. You know about the loaves and you know about the, the, the sheep and the Amalekites and he didn't destroy all them. Am I right? They represented sin and God instructed him to annihilate them, destroy them. Am I right? But Saul didn't do it, did he? Now he blamed the people. They want to bring back the best. Bring back Haggai. I want to bring back the king. All right? Now watch this. Not too far down the road after the kingship's taken from him, the anointing's taken from him. Now, he's still holding kingship and he's holding the office. But when you go to 1 Samuel, the 22nd chapter, and David's on the run, and David's fleeing, and he goes to the priest, and the priest gives him the, the, the sword, and he gives him the bread to eat. And, and Saul makes his way there. When he finds out and hears a man from Doag about what happened and how the priest helped him and blessed David, even though the priest didn't know. David didn't tell him. What the, he just told him he's about to king's bed. So the priest did not know. Some of you's got the attitude and the spirit that I ought to know every little thing that's going on. You need to talk to God about that. He's your high priest. I'm not. I'm a part of the fivefold ministry. But God, amen, if he kept things, amen, from the prophets in the old time, you know what? There's some things he's going to keep from me, and I'm glad he's doing it. I tell God all the time, I said, you reveal to me what you won't reveal to me, but what you don't, and then that's fine with me. It's your business. And if you get on Facebook and you're doing this and you're finding this all out, and oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. 
watch what happens to Saul right here. And you go to that 22nd chapter. You watch what he does now. The thing that he wouldn't do with the devil and out of obeying God, he didn't have the nerve or the love or the passion to fulfill it. Watch what he does for the devil. Watch what he'll do for carnality. What he'll do for himself. First Samuel 22 and 18. And the king said to Doeg, Saul said to Doeg, Turn thou and fall upon the priest. And Doag, now others refused to do it. Wouldn't do it. But Doag would. He turns and he falls upon the priest. Edomite turned and fell upon the priest. And slew on that day four score, five persons that did wear the linen ephod. Forty-five preachers he acknowledged. But he didn't stop there. Watch this. The very next verse says, And Nod, the city of the priest, Smoked he with the edge of the sword, both men, women, children, sucklings, oxen, asses, sheep, with the edge of the sword. Saul was willing to do for the devil. Saul was willing to do for his own flesh and fulfilling his own dreams what he wouldn't do for God. Wickedness. Evilness. Captivate, get on the throne of our hearts. It'll drive us to do things that we would never do for God. This is, this is what was happening. Why, why are you preaching? Why are you? Because we're living in a world today that wants to say, I can't believe God loves it. God loves me so much he wouldn't let this happen. If God loves me so much he wouldn't let that happen. God, God, God is love. That settles the deal with me. Regardless of what happens to me, regardless of what I go through, God is love. You know what? God's got me in his best interest. God's got an expected end. I'm not going to grumble and gripe about every little thing going on. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe in God. I'm going to believe God's going to get us out of here. I don't know what all the journey's going to be hold of. I just know one thing. God is love and that love's going to get us out. Because love covers a multitude of sin. Thank God for his love. So... We're going to 12. I forgot to tell them, but they'll, they'll figure it out. I'm sorry. They'll figure it out, but really. So now, let's, let's go to the lesson. We know the flood itself, the writer talks about it. 270 different people, in some form or some manner, talks about a flood. Did you know that? Now, they don't get the credit to God, and they don't use the Bible. They just use history and things. But it's a known fact. They say there's, there's shells and things, amen, on top of mountains and places like that has proven that this earth at one time had a major flood. <laughs> that ought to wake up a lot of people. Say, so, well, that's right. <laughs> but then he goes, in the next part, he talks about the myth, he talks about all that. Then we get to the area where, where he talks about it, the flood, and he says, but 39 times. In, in 13 books of the Bible, it's mentioned. 39 times the flood is mentioned in this book. And he goes on that. He said, few other events, the passages that describe Noah's encounter with God makes four points very clear. I want you to watch what really begins to happen and what really begins to unfold here. God warned Noah what? Of a coming destruction. How, what happened? What did Noah? Amen. What is fixing to say that? In, in Genesis 6 and 7, Noah found what? He found grace. <laughs> Thank God for his grace. Grace. 
Why was it so important that this one man, if you go back and read Genesis 6, 7, 8, you're going to find out that Noah was a righteous man, that God looked down upon him, found him as a righteous man, but Noah also found grace. And by the grace of God, he was able to hear the voice of God. Now you've got to understand it, it never rained, it never flooded, it never, ever, ever, ever happened. But when God Noah heard the voice of God, he didn't see God. Now watch this, Noah didn't have a pastor. Noah didn't have a church. Noah didn't have a choir to sing to him. He didn't have a Sunday school department to go to. He didn't have another person on the face of the earth to go to. All he had was the word of God. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you had to stand by yourself, but if you'll stand on the word of God, the word of God will see you through whatever storms, the word of God will get you through whatever judgment, the word of God will get you through, through every valley, through every desert time, every testing, the word of God is sure and forever settled and it's unchanging. I'm going to build my life and it's turning on oh, the word of God regardless of what everybody else's ideas opinions are so that's all he had Noah became what he became a preacher of righteousness you're going to place it <laughs> don't preach against nothing Good chance because they don't believe against nothing. How many likes liberty? How many likes freedom? Did we get this liberty and freedom we got today for nothing? How many like for this country to be a little more liberal? Why do we want the church to become more liberal? I hate being ugly. Right or brought it out. Everybody wants to have their own right. Everybody wants to do their own thing. And you know what the main place where the main place they want to do their own thing? It's at the church. Now you can put a dress code going to a workplace if you'll pay them hundred dollars an hour, you can pick that dress code wherever you want to. You want to get on some of the departments, the fire department, police department, join some of the militaries, they got uniforms. And if you're going to stay in their department, you're going to put on their uniform. But I'm a little more concerned today about the uniform on the inside than that it's on the outside. And I'm talking to this old boy right here too. So... What if, what if, look at Noah. What kind of shock was it maybe or possibly even to Noah when God came down and told him how God done that? I don't know if he spoke to him like he did to Moses on top of that mountain. I don't know how. But he spoke to him and told him. He said, this judgment, destruction's coming. I'm fixing to annihilate all flesh. There's a reason for that. You watch this. These great sons that I read about earlier, Amen. And because of wickedness and iniquity, what took place next? What happens with wicked and evil people? What happens in cities whenever they begin to demonstrate and those demonstrations become violent? Lies begin to be taken out. Buildings begin to be destroyed. If God's grace and mercy and finding the man called Noah, the world would have self-destructs by violence. This world wouldn't exist today. Mankind would not exist. Why? 
The devil is a murderer. The devil is a thief. He's a liar. And whenever you sell out to him, that's at the end of the road and it's coming. Jesus Christ is the only one that gives life. Jesus Christ is the only one that can give abundance of life. Jesus Christ is the only one you have over any other thing or any other way. It's a, it's a dead end road. So we can only imagine the shot. It's in Noah, possibly. Maybe not. Maybe he's like some of us. I got some folks that don't even go to church. And, Comes in the harvest store. Hey, this can't go on much longer. This can't keep tearing on. You know what? Out of their own mouths, they're convicting themselves. Out of their own mouths, I need to be seeking God. I need to be finding a place to worship. I need to get me a Bible. <laughs> but we first thing, if we're not careful, I want to blame Him. When God already done warned. And gave warning. Amen. And making provision. Hallelujah. Now God's making a way of escape. Hallelujah. For those that seek him. And those that loves righteousness and godliness. And sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is a healthy doctrine. <laughs> and so God's going to make a way. And so as he moves up on Noah here. Amen. And you could see as God has given us a plan to escape in, this, in, this, in his word. God gave Noah generation a way of escape. Noah's escape allowed the human's race to survive. God's plan for the ultimate victory over sin. God's word also provides instructions for how to live a life pleasing to him. For example, he talks about crisscrossing the Rocky Mountains. He talks about a route that's called Route 90. Amen. To watch this. In that Route 90, I've never been up. I don't know anything what, what they're talking about. But at there's certain seasons and times in the wintertime that this particular route, amen, because of the snow, it's a time they call, it, it's a time for, uh, it it's, uh, becomes a snow time, but it's called uh, chain up area. I don't know if they got signs. I don't know if they got flashing lights. What they got in this particular route. But it's called a, a chain up area. It's a place that you're made to put on chains. On your automobile. Amen. If you're going to pass through, if you're going to navigate through this area, if you're going to use this route. He goes on to say, in the, in the last, um, for, the, for the past several years, more than half of the, the, of the closures on I-10 is because some of them, amen, failed to chain up. They, 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 ah, that's too much of a burden. That'll take up too much time. But those are the ones that, amen, that sit off the road and cause wrecks and more of a pile up, amen, than those that was willing to be obedient and put chains on our automobile that they can navigate safely through. I'm going to tell you something. All that God ever put in this book, amen, is so you and I can navigate through this world. And here he say, well done, I good and faithful servant. He didn't put us on us, amen, or some. In fact, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. When you sell out to him and have a regular walk with him, it ain't so hard to live for God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's really not. It's all about dying on a daily basis. It's all about loving the chains, loving the commandments, loving godliness, loving holiness, loving doing things right. Can I be honest here? It's a lot easier to talk about my brother than to pray for him. It's a lot easier, amen, to run him down than... Run to an altar and intercede and get a hold of God. Fight the devil. 
Fight the spirits. Fight the attitudes. Some of us may not like this, but it's the truth anyway. It's the truth. I'm going to read. I'm going to read some of this. If you don't mind. So <laughs> He said. For the chain up laws. Are not designed to make people. Lives difficult. The fines are not issued to raise revenue. I believe it's like a $500 fine. These regulations enhance the driver's ability to navigate the road. Chaining up may seem silly, burdensome, or irritating to the traveler who has never been over the mountain pass in snowstorms. The possibilities of an accident or a fatality might seem remote, but the precautions are necessary. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> There's certain things in this Bible you keep bypassing it, and I keep bypassing it. Or if we keep just, you know, well, that's not important no more. Let's just don't. We, 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 it's new times. It's new modern times. Just, you know what the old school, you know what the Bible says? To repent. You got to believe there is a God, and then you got to repent. I mean, you got to die. And without true repentance, you're really wasting your time to put them in a grave. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful, folks, we'll focus more on baptism than on repentance. Because nobody likes dying. And if we're not careful as a church, we're not willing to come up here and die with them and help them die. Because that takes work. It takes dedication. Sometimes the aroma of it's not too good. Sometimes the side of it, not too good. It's not too attractive. But before you could ever get in the presence of God in that tabernacle plan, the first thing you saw when you come through that eastern gate was a brazen altar. And you couldn't bypass it and go to the Oh, we believe in baptism and it's essential. But it's got its right order. To get into the presence of God. Picks up from that. I want to read the next part too. Noah obeys God's word. All said and done folks. Here's the attitude. I believe everybody under the sound of my voice wants to be saved. I believe you want to go to heaven. But the opinion of the world, it's like a freeway. You got everybody's got their own ways. God's got a half a dozen doors. But you can't find it in here. In fact, this says there's one door and one way. And calls it the way. Last time I was on the way, that was the only way to get where I was headed. Noah demonstrated that following God is not just about some specific behavior. It is about one's attitude. You know, he could have got an attitude. Those three boys could have got an attitude. 
Daddy, I have done this for 90 years. We find it hard to do it for 90 minutes. Daddy, we've got all the gopher wood we can get within the last five miles. God said use gopher wood. God's got a reason. God knows. See, God knew how long they was going to be in that ark. Noah didn't know. Noah didn't have a dream that he was going to be in that ark for over a year. Noah didn't realize, amen, that, <laughs> that whenever he talked about a flood, that he was going to, amen, cover the mountains. And cover them a good 15 to 30 cubits, amen, above the highest mountain, amen, it's going to cover them. But that's not all. Amen. He, he understood whenever he instructed him where to put the windows and where to put the door. And he instructed him what's, uh, how many stories to put in it. Hey, I can preach you the plan of salvation out of Noah's ark. I can preach you the repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I can preach you about the window, the only window, amen, to the heavens. I can preach you about the door and the side, amen, that God, that God allowed, amen, Noah to build and have open, but didn't allow him to close, called grace. And God's the only one that controls that grace, amen, on, on the dispensation of time and on individuals. If you keep walking over His grace and you keep catering to your flesh and your carnality and trample His grace, He's got a right any moment, any time. It's God Almighty that knows everything to cut that grace off. He can cut it off in this service. He can cut it off next week. He's God. And you can beg the preacher, talk about the preacher. You can talk about your family. You can run the church now. You can do all you want to. But I'm telling you there's some things the church don't have the power. The preacher don't have the power. The fivefold ministry don't have the power. The angels don't have the power. Jesus, I'm telling you, I I'm telling you, only Jesus Christ, amen. And then God Almighty has the power of the grace. If it's left in Noah's hand, I promise you. He could have seen them little babies. Them dads and moms screaming. When that rain began to come and those that was close enough by make their way to that old crazy preacher, that old belt that he built. It wasn't a sailboat. It wasn't something that probably had any beauty to it. It was on a big square box. It was designed for floating only. Now watch this. God didn't let Noah put a steering wheel in it. He's at God's mercy and grace even in the storm. Wherever you let us wind up, God, that's your business. Whatever mountaintop you want us to land on, whatever valley you want us to land, come on, I'm preaching to us. Hallelujah. God's going to be God or He won't be no God. God's going to rule and reign in the churches. God's going to rule and reign in our lives. If we're going to escape, amen, hallelujah, eternity and damnation, we're going to have to do it God's way. I don't care what man says. I don't care what educated men say. I don't care what this one says. And I don't care what your grandma and your grandpas and everybody else. I tell you what, if they didn't make it, I tell you what their prayer is this morning. They're praying right now. That God would raise up somebody to preach to you and stir you up. And they won't, you won't wind up where they're at. I tell you, that's what's happening. That's what's in the Bible. So, attitude. God is God. He has to be the Lord of our lives to be fair, just, good. And faithful. He's got to be the Lord. New Testament taught us we can't even call him Lord without the Holy Ghost. You can't. You know why? Because he hadn't become our Lord. Not until you get the Holy Ghost. 
When Noah obeyed God, he was simply acknowledging God's sovereignty. Therein lies the rub. And many people who balk at the ideals of following God. Just as iniquity was what caused God to expel Satan from heaven. Iniquity is the root cause of most sin. God's word is the road map out of the land of iniquity. And into the land of promise. Noah and his family were obedient and lived. And his contemporaries stood up to God. And lost their eternal soul. They lost it. That generation lost it. I know we can go to Peter and he talks about and talks about those, those souls. And through baptism, you watch this. Hallelujah. As water lifted him up. Amen. And that, old, that, that ark, that tabernacle, that church. Not any church, but the church. It's going to lift up. It's going to be one church that's going to be resurrected, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be one church that's going to leave this earth. Just like Noah, amen, and his family. Amen, when judgment, God came upon it and was lifted up. Writer talks about it. Oh, preacher, just let me do what I want to do. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let me ask you something today. Writer talked about it. What if we decide to pass a law and just, let's just throw all the laws out. Let's don't have no highway laws. Let's go out here and take up all the stripes. Let's go out here and take up all the signs and Let's just let everybody have the liberty and the freedom, amen, to drive on whatever side they want to drive on. That wouldn't go over too good, would it? Surely the outcome of that wouldn't be. But oh, that's, that's freedom, that's liberty. Let me have it my way. I want to do this. Can I be honest with you this morning? I've experienced this. I've seen it. I've kept my mouth shut most of the time. And sometimes this can be all right if you build on a ship. Sometimes it's all right maybe if you just build on a house. But it's never all right when you build on a church. But if you let people do it their way and how they want to do it, they'll drown doing it. But if you start trying to tweet, you try to start, hey, hey, we got to get back. Put both heels in. Oh, we love God. Lying. I know I'm blunt. I, I know I'm. It ain't got to be my way. And I told you a thousand times, you can take my name off the sign. But it's got to be God's way. And it's got to be the Holy Ghost's way. And it's got to be what this book's taught us. And you know what? Down inside on every one of us, we really don't want it to change. Not really. Because if you can start changing this, 
I remember I had a guy back when I was back at working at Ingalls office. And I said, everybody's got their own interpretation. I said, I beg the difference with you, sir. I took him over to Apostle Peter and showed him where nobody has a private interpretation. I didn't know it, but there's another gentleman sitting to the side over. I didn't, I didn't think paying us no attention at all. Day or two later, he walks up to me. He said, man, I really appreciate. He said, uh, he said, you ain't like a lot of them. He said, you went over and got the Bible and said, there, you showed him the scripture. Not trying to be ugly about it, trying to be a small addict. But there it was. He said, it was in the book. It's in the book. To live godly. We, we can stand. I know my time's about up. You go to 2 Peter's 2 and 5. I'm closing this morning. Just to help you to understand that you may have felt I came over maybe a little too hard or a little too blunt. 2 Peter's 2 and 5. Now understand now. This is the man that was sent to the Jews. This is the man that has the keys to the door. This is, if you, if you put them in, got Jesus Christ, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul. This is what Peter wrote to us. Spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example. To those that are after should live ungodly. I don't want to live ungodly. That's what the grace of God, that's what Peter, Paul wrote to Timothy. In this present world, it's by this grace that we can live a godly life in this ungodly world. We can do it. Nice grace. Delivered just lot. Facts with the filthy conversation. Facts with the filthy conversation of the wicked. We're there. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their un. Lawful deeds. He couldn't even persuade his own son-in-law. They mocked him. When he tried to go get them to come out of the city. Tried to tell them the angels was there. You may not understand this statement. And it was a horrible thing that Lot done. When he offered his daughters. But I believe Lot would rather offer the daughters than let the divine ones from the angels be given to them. Now you weigh that out. Because Jesus Christ come and taught us, he said, unless you love me more than you love your family and love the things of God. There's a man in a good church has fell to the wayside. heard a preacher just in the last little while make this statement 
I don't know who it was. Don't even want to know. But he turned his church over to his son. All of a sudden one night. His, church, his son comes to the pulpit. And he begins to. All right, church, we're going to quit doing this. It's not essential. We're going to quit doing that. Man, he went to going down the list. His daddy is standing in the back here. Shakes his head. Said he literally falls on his knees. Broken. Weeping and crying. Begging them not to do it. I'm sure it didn't stop him. Somewhere along the journey, that boy's heart wasn't transformed. Or if it was, he let that enemy deceive him and come back in. I'm telling you, there's some doctrines that's in this book. That we can't slip away from. They're a must. Day's coming. Judgment's coming. The hour is upon us. But listen to this last verse. Listen to it. The Lord knoweth how. To deliver the godly out of temptations. And to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. The Lord knows how to deliver his people. That hasn't changed this morning, ladies and gentlemen. If we got the heart and the passion for godliness and holiness and the things of God. He's going to get us out of here. He's going to get this church out of here. But it's going to be up to us. Watch this. What caused all this? I could take you all the way back to Adam. And back to the garden. In the instructions that was given to Adam. He was to tend. Or to guard the garden. Dress it. Tend to it. That includes gardening. As a whole, and speaking as a whole, this world has let negligence, when it comes to the church, cause us to wind up where we're at. We just thought it wasn't a big deal. Those prayer meetings, they're not a big deal. Presenting ourselves giving ourselves, staying humble, staying meek, and more importantly, staying in love. Staying in love. Staying in love. I want to love it more than I've ever loved it. I don't care what they think. I got where I get in that office and I take this Bible and I just hold it up in me like this. I ask God, please help me to love it. Because I can't do it by myself.
This old kind of man, this earthen vessel that I'm in, so weak. It's got to have help. And it's got to have a help from you, God. If we make it, it's going to be by His grace. It's going to be by His mercy. It's going to be because we called out and we cried out. It's because we're going to have a hunger and a thirst, God. I may not drive the finest automobiles, but God, I want a relationship with you. I may not buy this or go there and do that. and I may not get to go on this hunting trip or go on that fishing trip, but oh God, I want to lose my relationship with you. I'm going to tell you something, church, it's going to be worth it. When the trump of God sounds and the moment we enter those clouds, you're going to know it's going to be worth it. All of this is though it was nothing. Nothing. That's what Paul's writings to us. Anybody want to pray this morning? I know I, I, I can see it in some faces this morning. This is another area we're battling right here. These altars. Have we got anybody that wants to pray? Got anybody that wants to draw a little closer? Anybody wants to, you know what, God, I want to build an ark. I want that touch of God in my life again. I want that pulling power. Here's the deal. Hear me this morning. Here's the deal. We that know to do good and doeth it not. To us it's sin. The church has got to get back to a place. The church has got to get back into a realm. The church has got. Now, watch this. I'm not being ugly. I know I'm still preaching. You come, you do that. But I'm telling you, you know what conviction went? The church lost conviction. The world can't have conviction without the church. The church is what controls conviction. When the church gets convicted about something, guess what? That conviction is going to grip the world around us. When we get a hunger and a thirst, amen. You know, watch what did Noah do? The first thing coming out of that ark, amen. Watch the first thing Noah done. God instructed to get you seven pair of clean animals. Why? Not two. He got to have seven. Why? Because the first thing Noah done when he come out of that ark, he built an altar unto God. An offered sacrifice unto God. I tell you folks, we got to build some altars and get back in the place with God and companionship and fellowship with God. It's got to become a God thing, not a man thing, not a first Jesus name church thing. It's got to become a God thing. you'd help us here this morning we'd humble ourselves unto your touch God you'd help us here this morning oh God you'd help us here today oh God you'd help us you help us God to repent you help us die out to ourselves you help us die out to our preconceived ideas you help us die out to how we think it ought to be You help us, God. You help me as a pastor. You help me as a preacher, God. You help me as a man. You help us here today. 
You help us, God, to humble ourselves and yield ourselves. You help us, God, to come and give ourselves. You want us. You want our obedience, God. Help us, God, to come back in love with obedience. Humbling ourselves, yielding ourselves, giving ourselves, giving ourselves in prayer, giving ourselves to obedience, giving ourselves to your commandments and instructions and guidance. Oh, God, you'd help us here this morning. Will your touch in our lives? Will your mercy in our lives? God, we would find grace as Noah found grace. You help us find grace here this morning. The grace of our Almighty God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this place. Oh, you'd anoint this place with your grace. You'd anoint us, God, and move upon us. You'd help us, God. Where's what Abraham said? I'm just dust. I'm just flesh, God. There's no good thing in me. Only good thing in us is you, God. We want more of your presence. We want more of your heartbeat. We want more of your voice. Oh God, we hunger and thirst after your touch. Hallelujah. Bendale, Mississippi, God. In this service this morning, there'd be an old-fashioned moving of your glory, an old-fashioned moving of your presence. Oh, we would experience the sure grace and the mercies of the Lord, flooding our hearts, flooding our souls, flooding our minds, flooding our spirit. Create that hunger and thirst for a relationship with you, God. Jesus. 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 Falling in love with you. Falling in love with you. Falling in love with you. Falling in love with you, Jesus. Falling in love with you, Jesus. Falling in love with you, Jesus. Falling in love with your word. Falling in love with what you love. Love what you love, God. We love humanity. We love souls. We'd be, we'd, we'd, we'd be willing, God, to work 120 years. We'd be willing, God, to obey you in every area, God, to build, to build the ark, to build the church that you want to build. Build the church that you want to build. Be the church that you want us to be. Be the witness that you want us to be. Be faithful as you want us to be faithful. Be committed as you want us to be. All of it for the glory of your name. All of it for the magnifying of your name. Help us, God, not to be a thief. Help us not to be a robber, God. Help us, God, not to be deceived. Help us not to be self-centered, God. Help us be focused on the head. Help us be connected to the head. Help us be connected our brothers and sisters and united together, God. Help us be joined together. Help us be bonded together with the love of Christ, the love of God, the love of God that's a shed abroad in our hearts with the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost. Help us in this house this morning, Lord. For we need you, God. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. We need this place to be a refuge. We need this place to be where the church, where the world can come and find you. We need this place to be a place where, where the lunatics can come and find salvation. We need this place to be where the addictions, those of God that are addicted by the things of this world, can come and find liberty and freedom. Oh God, only you can put the true liberty in us, the true freedom in us, God. Oh, in the lovely name of Jesus, we find the liberty out of obedience. We find the liberty, God, out of obedience unto the commandments and the instructions of the Word of God. We find what it really means to be set free. Hallelujah from our own sales from our own hurts and pains you are the bond of Gilead you are the mender of every heart, every soul and every life, you are the healer God in every circumstance, in every situation, we want you to be the master we want you to be the Lord we want you to be the savior that you desire to be in our own personal lives you help us here today God you help us you help us stand in the gap you help us make up the edge you help us have a godly sorrow of every transgression. 
You have possessed our godly sorrow, God. Every every unlawful deed. You have possessed be mindful of you. Help us have the mind of Christ. Help us, God, to have the mind of Christ. Help us be anointed. Help us be saturated. Help us to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We love you today, Lord. We worship you today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
you ever ever sit down at the dinner table and maybe one of the best meals and one of your favorite meals but you didn't know that he was going to be prepared and so you stopped on the way home and picked up something and already filled up. You can tell by the expression on the face and the actions toward the meal. That you're really not hungry. The aroma doesn't have the same effect. But as the song says, we're desperate. We're not happy. We're not satisfied. We want God to move. The hand of God. The voice of God. The presence of the Lord. It's all about hunger, isn't it? It's about thirst, really. Have you ever walked in and... I will never forget it probably as long as I got any of the soundness in my mind, Brother Randy. We was blessed with four grandmas, is what I say. We had two widows. They weren't widows, actually. They never married. Thank birth and Enoch's of me. We had the privilege as boys coming up to go and spend... You might every weekend, some of us was down there. Every Saturday morning, they would get up before we did, before we ever got out of the bed. And this is still right at daylight now. We, wouldn't, we didn't sleep late. Of course, we went to bed a decent hour. But anyway, you can smell it. Smell that bacon, man. It's frying. Hear them eggs frying. And, huh. You'd be starving to death before you got out of that bed. Because what you could smell. Tell your church, if we'll, start, if we'll start pushing our way and reaching back. You know what the devil's done? What the world's done? It's got us so occupied. We do good just to get here. We do good just to drag our carcass and get it here. Uh, again, I'm not being I'm just telling you where we act. We all love the presence of the Holy Ghost. We love when God moves. Power and the visitation. We gotta have it, folks. We gotta have an old-fashioned move of God. I'm talking about some old-fashioned moves of God that's probably even before my time. Sister Bell, we got to pay the price to get it. Sister Joyce, Sister Diane, Sister Glenda, there's a few here. To tell you some moves, some visitations. Some of them weren't so good, but they were needful. Because without judgment, without correction in the body, 
unattended sin. Disobedience. It's not addressed. Eventually. It's kind of like cancer. One cell at a time. How many of you ever heard? We caught it in time. Cut an arm off, but we saved the body. We saved the individual. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm just a preacher of doom. But I also know God and the move of God and what God can do if we'll let Him move. Watch this. One Aiken. One Miriam. Stop forward progress. Ten days. Aiken cost 36 men their lives. And God stopped everything until sin was dealt with. Aaron looks at Miriam, his sister. Leprosy. Turns back to Moses. Moses, pray for our sister. We sinned. He confessed. We sinned. We've done wrong. Watch this. But even after that, God would let him go forward to 10 days. The most embarrassing thing a father would do to a child was to spit in their face in public. That's how he addressed this situation. When we're disobedient to God and his call and his election, just spit in his face. God's working for us. Thank God he is. I want 300. But I want 300 that wants to go to heaven. I don't want 325 goes to heaven. I'd rather have 25 and 25 go to heaven. Love you this morning. God loves us today. God's working. Let's let Him work. Pray throughout this afternoon. Let's pray for our service tonight. Hand of the Lord, the touch of God. Let's drive away this fear. Come together, bond together, bind together, believe together. I want to be saved. How about you? But you know what? I don't want to be saved. I want to do everything I can to help anybody else that wants to be saved. That wants to make it. Love you. Appreciate you. Sister Buford.
my body. There's a spirit inside my body. And later, it was just like 40 years. Lord, it's been 40 Let me say this again. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God, put a spirit in me that wants to obey. Hey, that's against our world today, folks. Our world's created an atmosphere in your face, my way or no way. You can hit the highway, blah, blah, blah. But that's, that's, that's not the spirit we want. I want a humble, meek, teachable, appliable I want to be willing to get on that potter's wheel. And if he has to break me and remold me, then so be it. So be it. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.